Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined this week by Jake McGee. How are you doing, Jake? Uh, not too bad, buddy. How are you? Very well indeed. And by Dave Somerville. How are you, Dave? Oh, I'm living life. Just, I'm pumped for tomorrow. I know, it's finally, we would here on Wednesday, we're doing this on Wednesday evening, and tomorrow is kickoff. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> can't wait. We've got a huge uh, interconference battle between the uh, Buffalo Bills and the reigning champion, Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. So well, we will be talking about that. We're going to go through all the games through week one. We're going to have our predictions for each week. And of course, that we've got random stats later on. But we do have a couple of things to do before we get to the news as well. I've got a great big shout out for um, our absolutely amazing guest that we had on Friday last week, uh, Mr. Glenn Milburn, all pro and NFL record holder Glenn Milburn. Uh, it was, he, was just, he was an absolute joy, wasn't he, gentlemen? Gent as well, absolute gent. You know, spent plenty of time, he answered so many questions as well. And, you know, our, our first, well, I think he should be the first win FL inductee into our hall of fame so i think he should be the very first entry and he was just an absolute gem yeah i think what i might do if we're going to if we are going to hopefully continue to get some players uh ex-players maybe even you know if we're lucky ex-coaches or something like that onto the podcast then what we can maybe do i don't know if you guys have an idea with this we can maybe even see if we can find a card for each player or coach, and we can actually have our own wall of fame. That might be an idea. We can put up a card for each one on the wall. Uh, that would be really good. But I mean, Jake, what did you think of of Glenn Milburn? He was uh, he was very accommodating to us. I don't envy the next guest we have because the the bar has been set. He he was fantastic. He answered every question. He he couldn't have had more time for us. He just. Seemed like a stand-up gentleman, and his uh, Stanford Cardinals started off 1-0. They, they beat Colgate 41-10, so I'm happy for them. I now have a soft spot for them just because of the great Glenn Milburn. So, yes, that was uh, last Friday's show. We had Glenn Milburn, our first um, ex-NFL player guest and it was just it was wonderful to have him on hopefully we'll have hopefully we'll have glenn on again in the future and I'd, I'd like to like to see that but maybe some other guests going forward as well of course we are going to give a shout out as well to the stramash podcast um the the guys over there including cameron they've been they've been really good and supportive to us they asked us to do our own upset of the week section which we did for them yesterday, about today's podcast, I should say, it was released today. You know, another shout out to the guys over at Stramash. Thanks very much. Uh, they've been pretty good to us, haven't they, guys? Yes. Um, we, we haven't quite successfully converted Cameron from a 49er yet, but I'm working on it, very, very slowly working on it, because no one wants a 49ers fan. So when you we'll not, get there eventually. you're not trying to convert him to become a Jets fan. Well, once we get to the news, I will take that back because what's coming up will just, I, I will stop there and then trying to convert him to being a Jets fan. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so I think we should probably just move straight on to the news, guys, because we've got a lot to cover in this week's show. So Jake, why don't you take it away at what's been happening around the NFL this week? Yeah, there was a couple of extensions. Uh, Dawson Knox today got a four-year extension, um, $53.6 million extension, 31 oh, nice. of that guaranteed. Um, makes a lot of sense. He was coming into the last year of his contract. Um, they signed OJ Howard for, I think it was three or four million guaranteed. 
uh, and then released him. He signed with the Texans. Um, so locking up Dawson Knox, making him, I think, the, the sixth highest paid tight end. All seems about right, really. Um, and I expect him to have a big role this year. Now, just um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jake, but I remember a few weeks ago we were talking about Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Why don't we? Mm-hmm. And was he not the fifth highest paid tight end at the time? Fifth or sixth? And we were trying I to think. I can't remember for sure. But it, it, yeah, he was he was quite far down the list for as in being paid. And I think we were trying to figure out uh, how many tight ends you would select ahead of Mark Andrews. Uh, Dawson Knox, a great target. He's a fantastic he's definitely a great, a great target, and he's going to be a big help to Josh Allen. Now, there's a, another extension I saw, Cardinals safety Jalen Thompson. Um, three years, nearly $40 million extension, uh, 24.5 that guaranteed. Uh, Cardinals have a very good safety duo with him and, and Buda Baker, so locking him up. I think he was a 2019 fifth-round pick from the supplemental draft, so it's good to see. Um, you know, teams using the supplemental draft, you don't really see it uh, too often, but they obviously got a good one um, and they want to keep him around. Dave, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, uh, it is good for these players. It's continuity is the thing, isn't it? Really, as, as Jake already mentioned, they've already got Buda Baker there and you want continuity. Keep your good players there. What do you reckon about that, Dave? Well, I mean, yeah, Buda Baker is, I, th- I think he's one of the standouts, um, particularly in the division. Um, one of the other things I, I was just going to um, point out with Dawson Knox, the tight end position is really uh, becoming a more, should we say, lucrative position, um, especially with you know some some of the extensions that we've seen. And you know Dawson Knox, four year, fifty three point six million extension, thirty one million fully guaranteed, and that's for a position that was been say over the last 20 years, has been undervalued between the tight end position and obviously the fullback position, which is almost completely gone in some cases. But um, yeah, whereas you've got running backs and wide receivers, not, well, okay, maybe the top wide receivers, but more the running backs um, not getting the huge paydays that some of these other positions are getting. The tight end one is caught right up with some of the other ones as well. But um, yeah, the Cardinals... Get finally getting business done. Um, I mean, they, they obviously they got Kyler. Um, I think that was kind of by the by, but um, cards maybe just sort of laying some good foundations for a challenge to the mighty LA Rams. Um, but <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have brought uh, him into this, Jake. Sorry. Like just, just, but yeah, you know what? I think they they'll, they'll provide some competition, like minimal, but you know, what uh, once once a few of our uh, defensive backs. So a little bit of pressure on you Kyler. You don't need to, right? Okay, right. We don't We're need to talk, talk about the Rams. About the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about them later. Jake, carry on. Let's move on before he keeps us going. Well, seeing as we've talked about the Rams, we <sighs> might as well talk about the Broncos. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders <laughs> has retired. No, um, retired as a Bronco, Yay! which is always nice to see. Um, but had a great career. Um, just a very good player. Uh, seems like a very nice guy as well. But yeah, he retires a Bronco. And, did play on the Saints as well, so there we go. We've covered all three teams. We're hitting all, all, all the cliches. Yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was a, a just a an absolutely outstanding receiver, very underappreciated in my mind. He was amazing with the Denver Broncos. He was good at the Steelers. He was great at the Broncos. He, uh, as you mentioned, the 49ers, Saints, everywhere he went, he made that receiving core better. Uh, now, some people would argue that 
uh, you know, once he once he got to a certain age, you could never see him as a legitimate number one threat. Personally, I disagree with that. I think he would he would have walked into most teams. But then you also had teams that had the likes of you know Michael Thomas of the Saints. You had DeAndre Hopkins uh, and players of that ilk who were you know de facto number ones. And there's very few players who could walk in there. But what Emmanuel Sanders would do is you know teams had to defend him. They had to pay attention. You couldn't just put your your best guy or double team on the other team's number one because Emmanuel Sanders would kill you. And he was just absolutely outstanding. The years he had with Demarius Thomas in Denver were just a thing of beauty. And uh, as you say, he always came across as a really nice guy, just a, a terrific human being. So I, for one, am very glad that he's decided to hang his boots up as a Denver Bronco. I think he actually well, flew under the radar. Sorry to interrupt you. I, I think he flew under the radar with uh, Thomas there. So, you know, they, they were it was like, I mean, the only thing, if I, I know I'm bringing it back to the Rams, but something I can relate it to is Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce. Whereas I think Isaac Bruce went under the radar a little bit because of Tory Holt. So they were a brilliant, um, like a sort, of, sort of brutal twosome uh, on, each, on each side. So I think he... he didn't quite get the uh, acknowledgement that he deserved, but he was definitely one of the best uh, in the league at the time. So, yeah, good for him retiring as a Bronco. Yeah, the 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 the, the obvious uh, person who fits that is, of course, the great John Taylor, who played next to Jerry Rice for all those years in San Francisco. And John Taylor would have been a number one receiver on half the teams in the NFL. He just so happened to be playing on the same team as Jerry Rice for. Essentially, I think it was his entire career. I'm not sure if he played with any other team. So definitely most of his career with the 49ers. And uh, I get where you're coming from there, Dave. So. Well, we're going from Emmanuel Sanders, a player that um, Ian likes. Uh, so we might well talk about another player that Ian likes. Uh, the Colts signed Philip Lindsay to their practice squad, uh, which I think is a very savvy move. Um, if anything does happen to um, Taylor or Naheem Hines, they have a perfect kind of, he can be, a running back for you, he could be a, you know a third down back for you. So the fact that they were able to get him on the practice squad and Philip Lindsay, you know, maybe had didn't have tons of offers, but is quite happy to kind of sit on a practice squad for them. I think that's uh, a win-win. It certainly is, and as I've said umpteen times, he's a great player. He'll make that team better, and his work ethic is second to none. Even being on the practice squad he will make that team better. So good for him. And I'm just going to jump in there, Jake, and say that I believe the Denver Broncos uh, re-signed Hall of Famer Kendall Hinton to the practice squad as well. So I'm quite happy about that. You'd love to see it. We see it with these times where you let, let players go and it's like, you know, they have the intentions of signing them to practice squad. I'm like, why do you tell people that? I, I, I didn't understand that. The Saints did that with Ian Book. We released Ian Book, um, the quarterback, and it's like, oh, the Saints have int- intentions of putting him on the uh, practice squad. And then, of course, I think the Eagles then picked him up. It's like, well, yeah, if you make it very obvious that you want this player, someone's probably going to go, well, we're, we're not going to let that happen. Well, exactly, because if you're saying we want him on our practice squad, that means that you think he's too good to go to another team. So, <laughs> so yeah, we certainly don't want him playing against us. I wouldn't mind. No offense to Ian Book. I can say this now. I don't play for Saints. I wouldn't mind playing against Ian Book. <laughs> I'd rather play against Ian Book than uh, Jalen Hurts, put it that way. <laughs> well, that may happen yet. We don't know. You never know. Um, Cowboys um, signed Jason Peters, so we touched on Tyron Smith being injured. 
Um, so they signed Jason Peters. I think he's 40 now, possibly. I mean, yeah. there's no denying his athleticism. He started off as a, a blocking tight end and transitioned into to a really good, you know, above average, very good uh, left tackle for the Eagles uh, for a long time. So Cowboys bringing in someone to, to beef up their offensive line, especially this close to the, the start of the season, I think is a, a smart move. Interesting to see what he's got left in the tank. Uh, I don't think they're expecting to have prime Jason Peters, but definitely an upgrade either way, I think. So Sorry, Jake. I was just going to say the only thing I would add is look what the Rams did with Andrew Whitworth. Good we, God, we... you and the Rams again. <laughs> Wait, look, I am so. pumped. I am pumped for Thursday. But look what we did with Andrew Whitworth. He was 38 when he signed a three-year contract. And we had success after success with him. So... I think the left tackle position, you're looking at it uh, from an experience point of view. Look at the benefits it brought us. So I think that's, that. like Jake says, it's a very, very savvy move. And if he, st- if he can bump up that, front, that offensive line, good on them. I, I should just interject here and say, for those listeners who are wondering what's happening here, uh, Dave seems to think that the Rams are the first team to ever win a Super Bowl <laughs> because he seems to think that every other team should copy what the Rams have done. So I'm, I'm just, just putting that out recency there. bias. Do you think Ooh. it might be that, Jake? Just a little bit. But you see all the time, you know, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. No, no he's not. Michael Jordan is. But because <laughs> LeBron James is playing currently... And you see LeBron James in the news all the time. It's LeBron James. It's not. Let, let's not be silly. Like, but did Michael Jordan ever play in LA? No, I don't think so. So it must be LeBron as the greatest. Oh well, actually, goodness. are you Kobe. about to bring this back to the Rams again? Right. No. Enough. In fact, you know what, Jake? Is there any other news? Is there any other things that we need to cover? I was going to go through a few different things. Keep it in the the NFC East. Ryan Kerrigan um, yep. is signing with the Washington. Uh, Commanders to be the assistant D-line coach. So he retired, um, obviously long time, um, then Redskin, then football team, now Commanders. Um, I think he had one season away, um, came back, retired with Washington, and is now part of their staff, which is always nice to see, I think. I do like that. And then the only other thing is something that um, Dave's already kind of teased, is that Joe Flacco is likely, well, is going to start... Uh, week one, likely to start the first three games, as head coach Salah says, um, not going to see Wilson until likely week four against the Steelers. So buckle up, Jets fans. It's going to be a rough one. Uh, who's their first game against again? Ravens. Ravens. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Flacco against the Ravens. Flacco against the Ravens. My goodness. It's almost like the NFL planned this, you know? Uh, yeah. Look at these coincidences. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think that Joe Flacco, I, I, with apologies to all Jets fans, um, I think that you're in for a rough three weeks uh, with Joe Flacco. And I think he'll be about as effective as the Ravens mascot who got injured. You know? Oh, in fact, do you know what? <laughs> do you know what? Call him <laughs> Poe Flacco. Yeah. There you go, because that's about that's how effective he's going to be. He's just, ah, it's just going to be awful. It's going to be awful. I apologize if Rich Eisen is listening. He's a huge Jets fan. I'm sorry, Rich. And a huge NFL fan. Uh, of yes. course. Yeah, well, we know this. Um, all all the Jets fans out there, uh, it's just, this is going to be a rough stretch. If they manage to eke a win out in the first three games, then uh, they've, they'll, they should be proud of that. 
I just, I don't, I, I don't think Joe Flacco's got anything left. I could be proved wrong, uh, but I, I don't think so. I really don't. I, I don't, I don't think you will be proved wrong. <laughs> I, I really don't. Obviously, you know, I, I may have been trying to convert our Stramash um, presenter. Uh, Cameron to being a Jets fan instead of the 49ers but I will now humbly apologise and uh, yeah I'll take that one on the chin because I would not wish that upon any fo- American football fan ever because what's going to happen to the Jets in the first three four weeks is just going to be horrific you've got I mean you, they, they start off against the Ravens which is just poetic comedy um, <laughs> for Joe Flacco um, they're then at home to uh, away at the Jets, uh, away at the Jets, away at the Browns, and then they've got the Bengals in Week Three. So at the very earliest, uh, it's going to be uh, against the Steelers that we will see Joe Flacco back to the bench. Um, and yeah, I, I, just do we really hold any hope that the Jets can will not be zero three? I mean, uh, they, come, they, come they, they might they might be able to eke something out next week. Um, against or, against, or against yeah. the Browns, but yeah. I mean that's three AFC North teams to start. Oh, the but season. the Steelers week four, so they run the gauntlet of the AFC North. Wow, <laughs> they're doing the, they're playing the entire AFC North in weeks one to four. But I mean, Joe Flacco. Who, who better to play the AFC North really for than Joe Flacco? You know, maybe <sighs> Me a Joe decade ago, <laughs> a dick. <laughs> maybe you're right. Good lord, yeah. We're, we're, well, I think what we can all agree on is that. The Jets, A, they're in for a really rough start to the season, and B, none of us really like Joe Flacco. I think that much is clear. I mean, yeah. week four they play at the Steelers. It'll be interesting to see who the quarterback will be because MVP has been named a starter. I think we all know that it's a matter of time before we see Pickett. So well, by week four, is it going to be Wilson against um, MVP? Is it going to be Flacco against... Pick it. Who knows? You could have any combination of those four, really. Did I see that Mason Rudolph has been named the backer? No. I saw the depth shot that Pickett was QB2. Oh, it's it's, it's Pickett QB2. Okay. Yeah, but Mason Rudolph was pushing both Mitch and Pickett to to be in line for it, apparently. Apparently, it was showing some good things. I mean, it's a low bar, but maybe (laughs) at Steelers quarterback right now. But, you know, I think Mason Rudolph was, he was being talked about. Uh, there was rumours that he was in contention for it, but obviously they're going for the the man that they signed and then the man that they drafted. But uh, you know, know, big shout out, Mason Rudolph. Everyone's saying it's a, it's a low bar with the Steelers' quarterback position. I I think they're going to surprise everyone. I really do. I honestly, I picked had an amazing preseason. He looked really, really good. He did, and I think it was was it not uh, Mr. Glenn Milburn that was saying that he thought, yeah. Kenny Pickett will definitely start this year at some point, and he did. Um, yes. He wasn't a big fan of uh, your MVP either, so that's an interesting viewpoint gonna, from, a, you were from a, a former NFL yeah. professional. Yeah. Hi. Do you know who else is a former NFL professional? Yeah. Do you know who else? A, cer- a certain quarterback for the Detroit Lions, who's on? Is it ESPN? Anolovsky. Mister Orlovsky. We love Anolovsky. He, his takes are some of the worst I've ever come across. So, you know, I'm just saying it balances out. There you are. That's all I'm saying. Um, I mean, anyway. The, the MVP, I mean, it's not, you said it's a low bar in Pittsburgh. I mean, 
the, the list of the MVPs last year who are quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, very good quarterback, uh-huh. Tom Brady, yeah. arguably one of the greatest of all time, Dak yeah, Prescott, yeah. Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, we'll just skip that one because that doesn't fit my narrative. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Justin <laughs> Herbert, and Joe Burrow. The one I'm um, missing out, maybe Mike White, but that's he had a really good game with okay? me. He had an amazing game one time. One time. <laughs> he looked like just Johnny Unitas Reborn one I time. I should have proofread that. I didn't realize that wasn't fit in my narrative. You should really you <laughs> need to it. check these things, Jake. <laughs> that, back, that backfired a little uh, bit. Un- un- unfortunately uh, for all our listeners, Jake's and Jake's a little under the weather. So, you know, I, we'll, we'll forgive you that one, Jake. Gave uh, up the once over and that, that, that skipped by. Yeah. Um, was there any other news or shall we move on? Because I know Dave's itching. He's itching. I suppose we've got to we gotta feed the ego yeah, and talk yeah, about the yeah, rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it is yeah. week one in the NFL and it's kicking off tomorrow with the Buffalo Bills at the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Gentlemen, I'm going to hand it over to you. Now, Dave, I'm going to put it to you first, okay? Please don't talk for an hour. Um, because we don't have that long in the podcast. We've got to get through all all of the games, all 16 of them. Uh, but, Dave, I am going to hand it over to you. First of all, tell me what you're looking for, uh, you know, and tell me, you know, obviously that we know what you're going to think of the Rams, but is there anyone particular, maybe on the Bills, that you might be slightly um, not afraid of, but people that you really want to keep an eye on? Well, there's one key matchup that I want to keep an eye on, and that is Stefan Diggs against Jalen Ramsey. Now that is going to be a ma- that 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 could go either way. It could be two pick sixes. It could be four touchdowns. It could go either way. You know, I, I obviously I hope for one rather than the other. But uh, yeah, Stefan Diggs, one of the best wide receivers. Josh Allen throws bullets all the time. But Ramsey is Jalen Ramsey is Jalen Ramsey. There is just nobody like him. I I think I genuinely genuinely think he is one of the best, if not the best, cornerback in the entire league. Um, the only other one that I just kind of marked up was Cooper Cup potentially going up against Tyron T- 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 Johnson, uh, a cornerback, because he Johnson tends to dive into his tackles quite a lot, and Cup tends to how can I put this dodge a lot of diving tackles. So yeah, I'm I'm quite quite excited for that, and plus I want to see Alan, what Alan Robinson can really bring uh, if he can fill the role that uh, Robert Woods left. You know, I, um, or OBJ left as well. But there's also the what the Rams did as well because they were hoping that OBJ obviously would re-sign. However, what they've done is they've kept his space in the locker room ready so that if he does re-sign, then it's there just for him to walk back in. I don't think we need another wide receiver, but would you really turn down OBJ? But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what my kind of specific outlook on it. But um yeah, I'm more nervous now that I've started talking. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm really get, starting to get nervous. I was really pumped coming up. And now I'm just thinking, oh, Stefan Diggs, uh, you know, Josh Allen. Just, yeah, but, you know, let's focus on Cooper Cup. Let's focus on Jalen Ramsey. And, of course, the main man himself, Aaron Donald, who is just going to tear apart that Bills offensive line. And I cannot wait to see it. Uh, Jake, I'm going to put it to you next because one thing I did notice is that Dave did not mention, not once mention his own quarterback. Um, yes, and his, and his elbow. And his elbow. <laughs> it is a talking point. So, Jake, um, what's your views? Rams, Bills, what are you thinking? 
Well, it's interesting because you've got the Super Bowl champions against the Super Bowl favourites. Um, you know, could this be a game that we see twice this season? It's possible. Uh, Bills, like I say, two and a half favourites over under set of 52, so expecting a high scoring. I mean, amazing pass um, attacks for both teams. But last year, the Bills' pass defence was the number one in the league. It was number one in yards per attempt and completions as well. Uh, they don't have Tredavious White. Um, and obviously, like you say, with Cup and Alan Robinson, it's got to be tested. I think Diggs versus Ramsey should be pay-per-view. Um, but with Gabe Davis, Jameson Crowder, Dawson Knox, I mean, the secondary for the Rams is a strong point, but it's certainly going to be tested. Uh, to, to me, it comes down to, with the elite pass uh, Russian talent on both teams, who gets to the quarterback or who can establish some consistency on the ground is going, is going to be the team that wins. I think it's going to be a, a close game. Um, return of Von Miller at SoFi, you know, no Whitworth at left tackle now. So Joe Noteboom's having a, a rough, um, rough day seeing Von Miller. You know, it'd be like Pratt's all over again seeing Von Miller across from you this time. Uh, I, I do have the Rams taking it thirty-one thirty. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. You couldn't really have asked for a better Week One game, you know, to start the season. Uh, and like I say, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this game, you know, come February. A lot of people are seeing the same thing. Um, yeah, the way I look at it, it is the Bills have beefed up their their front on defense. Um, and I think that ground game is slightly better purely because of the Josh Allen factor. The fact that he is so physical and he can take off at a moment's notice. Perhaps the one thing Stafford's not particularly good at. Um, not that he's not good at it. Not as good as Josh Allen. Um, however, you know, as we've already saw last year, if Cooper Cup and Stafford get going early, then the Bills could be in for a long day. Uh, but Von Miller, you know, you, both of you are, have already covered it. I don't want to just sort of repeat everything you guys have already said. So I'm just going to come out with my own prediction. I do have the Rams taking it. I've got them going a slightly lower scoring than 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 you, Jake. I've got them at this one, 27-24 to the Rams. Dave, can you give us a score prediction? Well, I was going to go 27-26 with the Bills missing an extra point earlier in the game. Ooh, so, I like it. Oh, We've or, both got a point difference, me and you, Dave. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's going to, I reckon it's going to be a one-score game. It's it's going to be that tight because both teams are going to be pumped up for it. I just think the Rams are going to have that little bit extra. Uh, and we've obviously bolstered in defence also with Bobby Wags. So I think he's going to be massive. And yeah, I, I can't wait for it. But at the same time, there's going to—I know there's going to be points during that game when I'm hiding behind a cushion <laughs> or just hiding, be, hiding behind my Rams NFL ball, which will be removed from its little stands next to the telly, which will be in my hands. And yeah, I, as long as I'm not crying into it, it's going to be a great game. Well, quite right. Um, so that is the opening game. That's the Thursday night game, the, the Bills at the Rams. We then do move on to Sunday and we've got the afternoon game. So we'll start with, believe it or not, Jake, it's your New Orleans Saints. They're at the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, it is your team, Jake. So we'll let you talk about this first. What are you looking for, Saints-Falcons? I think it'll be an interesting game, especially, like I say, anything kind of happens first game of the season. Saints-Falcons has been a a common week one game. I mean, it's it's a classic. It's a derby. It's uh, normally pretty close action packed. I, I think for the Falcons, seeing Pitts and London, I don't want to see the Falcons anywhere near the red zone because 
doesn't matter how good your secondary or your defense is when you've got those two monsters at the red line uh, the red zone it's it's going to be tough to stop them uh, saints are five and a half points favorites over under set of 42 and a half i just would like a nice steady slow start get kamara on the ball get ingram on the ball let the defense play you know for, for many years when i was a saints fan it was all about the offense you know, score 40 points, concede 38, you know, you win the game. Now, I've got a lot more faith in the, in the defense. I mean, we've got a whole new offense, basically. Um, just want to avoid injuries. That That is, <laughs> after last year has uh, scarred me for, for life. So I just want a nice, quiet game will do me. Just a nice 20-17 to 17 win. Doesn't matter how close, as long as we win. Um, but I'm expecting a good game, and it's one of those that, um, you know, the Saints are big favourites. Saints should win, but you can't ever in a rivalry and week one anything could happen. So I won't be, you know, shocked or appalled if we lose. Um, but I certainly will hold out hope for the Saints. Yeah, I'm with you, Jake. Um, I think the Saints will edge it out. Um, I've got them winning this one by a twenty-three to twenty-one. It's just a two-point two-point edge there because the big big thing is I don't know what the Falcons quarterback situation is going to be um, with Mariota. We think Mariota's week one starter. Is that correct? Yeah, looks like it. Yeah, looks like it. But I don't know how good he is. But I think all it's going to take is the defense between the twenties for the Saints because. If the Falcons get a big kick return or maybe a, a big run, they could be in the red zone. And then going up against Pitts and London there, it's just going to be terrifying. And also, you know, Cordell Patterson, I have no idea the kind of impact he's going to have. Is he going to have another year like last year? He's one of my favourite players in the league, but I am taking the Saints. Uh, I trust James Winston more than I trust Mariota. Um, what about you, Dave? What do you reckon? Well, I've got the Saints winning by 30 points to 13 because I oh. think the Saints are going to pretty much walk it. Uh, I, I don't trust Mariota whatsoever. Obviously, he's got he's got a good few weapons. Falcons, they've got Cordell Patterson as well. I, I just, I, I don't think, I think there's a, a gap and a gulf in the quality of, that the Saints have. And I think they're just going to overpower the Falcons. And I think there's going to be, a, uh, the Falcons, the way they're going to score, Field goals, <laughs> because I don't, I don't have any faith in Mariota at all. I, I could be very wrong. I don't think I will be, but I'll be because I've made that prediction. I'll be cheering on the Saints as always, Jake. Um, you know, it's I, I do think the Saints are going to uh, win that one quite comfortably in the end. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Saints have just made. Um, they've had a really good off season, and Falcons maybe not quite. Uh, what they needed necessarily or they're just not showing enough so yep Saints big win so the next game we're looking at is of course the Cleveland Browns at the Carolina Panthers now as we know the big story about this Bacon Mayfield is now going to be under center for Carolina Browns come visiting Deshaun Watson is not there he's going to miss uh, 11 games beg your pardon um, so it's going to be uh, at quarterback for Cle, I've forgotten who's going to be the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I had it written down. I've lost my piece of paper. Who's the quarterback, starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby yeah. Brissett. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Um, I think this could be, uh, although I believe I've got absolute faith in the Browns' running game and their defense as well, particularly that pass rush. I'm giving up. Pretty big edge to Carolina. 
because I think Mayfield has seen this pass rush over the past three years with the Browns. I think he knows what to expect. So I think the Panthers have a big advantage here. And I've actually got them winning this one 24-10 over the Cleveland Browns. Dave, I'll hand it over to you. What do you reckon? I want the Panthers to win. Um, that, that's a, probably a good start. Uh, but um, yeah, I think Baker might need a little bit more time to gel with the Panthers, though, with, with the, the weapons they have. So uh, I've, I do have them winning, but I think it's going to be a lot tighter than uh, we're kind of getting at. I think it's going to be 20 points to 17 uh, for the Panthers, and it's going to be a, a low-scoring game. Um, I think the Browns, they're going to miss a star quarterback. I think they, they do have a great running game. However, I I have faith that, ba- like you said, Baker will do just enough against the pass rush and will be able to make the calls, the audibles on the field when he needs to as well. So Panthers by three points is my own prediction. Well, with the, the Panthers, they're, they're going into this game favourites, which, you know, if you'd said that a month ago, two months ago, uh, you would have been laughed at, but Panthers are a point and a half favourites. I mean, the overs are 42 I just, as much as I, you know, like I say, I've, I've said it before, this will be the, the only game of the season I'll be rooting for the Panthers. Well, maybe when they play the Bucks, but this will be the only game out of the division where I hope the Panthers win. But I just I just don't see it. The Panthers, you know, are they much better than they were last year? Sure, Mayfield is uh, an improvement. But the Browns have a pretty good roster. Yes, they, you know, Kobe Brissett is not Deshaun Watson in terms of, um, you know, in playability, but I still think... The Browns have the better team. Um, if the Panthers get DJ Moore and Chrissy McCaffrey up and running and healthy and, and stay healthy, um, they'll certainly be better this year. But I've got the Browns winning 28 to 24. 28 24 for the Browns there from Jake. Uh, moving on, we've got the San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears. Now, uh, with regards to this one, I think this might be quite a low scoring affair. Um, I'm not sure I have any faith in the Bears' offense at the moment. I need to see it before I could see that they're going to score points on anybody at all. With the 49ers, I think they're just going to do their thing. I think Shanahan's going to do his thing. and I, But I think it's going to be a fairly low-scoring game. I've got the 49ers winning this one 17-7 over the Chicago Bears. Uh, Jake, what do you reckon? Uh, this is a game I'm quite interested to watch for the 49ers. Um, sorry, sorry, Bears fans, but I'm, I'm interested to see um, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, the hype around him this this preseason and his kind of connection with Trey Lance. I mean, Debo Samuel. How are they going to use him? You know, with this new contract. Um, you know, everything. Everybody wants to see Trey Lance and what what he can do. I, I like I say, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. Do expect that the 49ers to win quite easy. I've got them winning twenty to ten. Um, but it's one game I'll certainly be keeping an eye on just to see. You know, who is Trey Lance? I've got a significantly higher score, a scoring game than what you guys have, but I'm thinking it's going to be 45 points to 10 to the 49ers because I think the 49ers' run game is going to annihilate the Bears. And the Bears don't have many weapons. They don't have much of an offense uh, compared to the 49ers. 49ers have a really solid defense. I, I just think they're going to walk it. So I, I know the the straight up uh, odds on the Bears to win is five to two. So if you bet two pounds, you lose two pounds. Uh, is pretty much what I take from that. But yeah, I I, th- I think the 49ers are going to walk it. I even whether Trey Lance makes throws or not, I think 
the run game is just going to annihilate the Bears. So that big scoring game. Sorry, Bears fans, but it's not going to be a good season for you guys. I love the fact that usually when you have any kind of predictions of that, people are generally very conservative. You know, 27, 24, 21, 20, 17, 10. He's got 45 to 10. I like it. I like oh, it a only lot. One, only one field goal, though. I think they're going to get into the end zone the rest of the time, but I think it's going to be just a one field goal. Ah, oh, fair enough. Uh, so moving on, we then have the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, at the Cincinnati Bengals, a big AFC North matchup here now we've already spoken about the Steelers uh, obviously in in a new section we're not sure exactly what's going to be happening uh, with them offensively just like the Chicago Bears but I'll put it over to you first Jake what do you reckon Steelers Bengals what's your prediction I mean my prediction is that the Bengals should coast to victory but you know do you doubt I put Mike Tomlin not quite in the same level, but you know, almost in the same level of respect as as Bill Belichick. You just expect him to somehow win games. You expect him to to get a team to above five hundred. Um, but I just don't think it's going to start out like that. Now the Bengals, you know, will they go back to the to the Super Bowl? You know, that was kind of a fairy tale that they're six and a half point favorites. It's you know hefty. Um, over under forty four and a half. I would be much more comfortable taking the Bengals money line rather than the six and a half points because you're expecting them to win by at least a touchdown. I mean, the AFC North is normally very, very competitive. Um, they all tend to take games off each other. I, I don't really know how this is going to go. I'm going to take the Bengals 23 to 17. I've got the Bengals uh, as well. I, 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 I sort of want the Steelers to do well. Um, I want Mitch to do well. But I think if Joe Burrow starts firing straight away, um, they, they, they could drop 35 on the Steelers. Although I think the Steelers will generate enough offense themselves. Uh, but I, I, I've got the Bengals winning by 20 to 21. Uh, but if Joe Burrow starts going off, then he could just uh, light it up. Particularly if, if him and Jamar Chase just pick up where they left off last season. Uh, it could be a long night for the Steelers' defense. But... Let's not forget, they've got T.J. Watt. And that guy can absolutely wreck anyone. So it'll be an interesting game, but I do have the Bengals with a, with a high scorer there. What do you reckon, Dave? Well, here comes Dave with another crazy prediction. I think it's going to end 17-all, going to overtime, and the Steelers taking it. So I think, I think they're going to uh, score in overtime, and the Bengals are just going to completely discombobulate I, I i can see that the the bengals they are great when they're on a roll but this is the start of the season and i i'm not convinced that they're gonna you know hit the ground running really so i'm gonna say that the steelers are going to get a couple bits of luck going their way and they're going to take it to overtime Steelers come out on top i knew you love the mvp really he does he does. MVP MVP goes down in the first quarter. On comes Kenny Pickett. Ah, not, not <laughs> there we go. Not a bit okay, he's just trying to hide. He's trying to hide. He is. He he's him. a closet MVP lover. Just embrace it. Yeah, just 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 come out, Dave. Just come out. Just admit it. So anyway, what's the next game? So the next game. <laughs> <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. Dave, we'll get you this one first. What's your thoughts? Eagles Lions. Well, let's go Eagles, because I think the Eagles, they're going to 
uh, sort of, shall we say, show Jared Goff's true colours yet again, because I have the Eagles winning this by 28 points to 6. So I'm just I'm just going to leave that there because obviously I don't want to offend our uh, resident college expert Ewan McPhail too much, but I probably have done with the score already. But yeah, 28 points to six for the Eagles, and yeah, the Lions going to throw some crazy plays, and they're all going to backfire. Oh, ouch! <laughs> I've um I'm going the other way. I've got the Lions winning this one. I've got a sneaky oh. win for the Lions. And I've got them winning it. It's a tight one. I've got them winning this one 17-16. I think the Lions have done enough in the draft to improve themselves to the point where they can win close games, which is what they couldn't do last year. And I think that's all they needed was that little bit to get them over the edge. So I've got them 17-16 over the Eagles. I'm, unlike a lot of people, I'm not convinced on Jalen Hurts yet. And I could be completely wrong, and he turns out to be an absolute star. But I, I'm, I'm waiting to see that. So I think the Lions did enough to win the close games, and I think they'll win it 17-16, and it may, be, may even be a sort of last-minute last, uh, last minute field goal, last-second field goal. That would be poetic justice for the Lions, I think. Jake, what about you? Well, this, this, feel, this game feels personal. I, I've, I've liked the Lions. I've, I've gone to bat for the Lions, saying, you know, probably one of the best... Um, teams that lost as many games as they did last year. I mean, with how many close games they had. But I've also spent this off season talking about how great of an off season the Eagles have had and and how I expect them to win the division. So I do have the Eagles winning thirty one to twenty one. Um, I think this will be a, a great game. Um, I do believe in Jalen Hurts. Um, he's in a, quite a few of my fantasy leagues because not many people do. Um, so I will be watching this one with an eager eye um, from a fantasy perspective. But yes, I think the Eagles take this. There we go. Okay, so moving on, the next of the afternoon games, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Um, I think I'll start us off with this one. I'm sorry, Davis Mills. I think the Colts are going to absolutely blow the doors off your team in this one. Um, I've got the Colts winning 28-10. to Uh, I think that Matt Ryan is just going to start clicking almost immediately uh, with this offense. And the running game, we've already seen it. It's arguably the best running game in the entire league. I don't see how the Texans can stop it. And I just think that the Colts' defense is just that bit too good. I think, personally, I think the Texans will come better through the through the season after you know maybe week four or five i think they'll, they'll get better as they gel but i just can't see them winning this one at all so i've got the colts in a big win here um jake what do you reckon well the colts are, are seven points favorites um the over under set of 45 uh, the over set of 45 and a half so expecting a high scoring game with the colts winning comfortably um so it kind of fits with what you're saying there and now texans with lovey smith it'll be interesting to see um, but I, you know, I can't really see anything other than um, a Jonathan Taylor um, masterclass with with Matt Ryan just being a, a you know a sensible head at quarterback leading the, the Colts to a nice easy win. Um, I'll take twenty seven to thirteen. Not far away from you guys, pretty much, because I was looking at this game and noticed that the uh, the two games they played last year. The Colts won 31 points to 3 and 31 points to 0. So I'm still not holding out much hope for for the Texans at all. But I, I will say that I think there'll be slight marginal improvement from the Texans that 
they may get to double figures. So I'm going to go for a 30 points to 10 win for the Colts. I, th I just think between the run game and the kind of old heads of Matt Ryan, just uh, the Colts have improved. Texans, just not enough. So, yeah, sorry, Texans fans, but it's going to be a Colts walkover. Next up, we have the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dave, do you want to take this one first? Well, the Dolphins are fairly heavy favourites for this one, which, you know, it's hard to go against Bill Belichick. It's it's really hard. You know, you just, you know he's going to have a plan and you know some, it's, it's just going to, it's it's gonna really bring a few surprises. You just don't know what's gonna happen. I my my prediction is that the Dolphins will take it, but it's gonna be a really close game. I'm thinking sort of twenty one twenty to the Dolphins. Um, I I think Tyreek will get involved, but I, I I'm still not convinced on Tua. I I am one of the, I I have one. Shall we say? I rate Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and Davis Mills above Tua. So. I worry for the Dolphins, but I think they'll sneak this one by one score. I think it will be a close game. I have a lot more respect and hope for, for Tua and, and the Dolphins. I like Mac Jones. Um, I don't particularly like the Patriots, but I, I don't think they've put him in a position to succeed. I mean, you see it with um, Trevor Lawrence. You know, they brought in uh, wide receivers, brought in a head coach. They, you know, they they tailored to helping him improve. Does Mike Jones even know who his offensive coordinator is? Because none of us seem to, so I hope he has an idea who his offensive coordinator is. I just don't think they've helped him. Um, and, and the Dolphins have done the opposite. They've brought in a great tackle. Um, they brought in Tyreek Hill. I mean, uh, Tua has been put in a position to succeed. Um, and that's why I will take the Dolphins. I will take them winning 27 to... to... I think the Patriots only scored twice. I'll, I'll take 27 to 14. Oh, ye of little faith. I think that, <laughs> honestly, it pains me to say this, but I think uh, the Patriots are going to just absolutely walk over the Dolphins in this one. I think Belichick has been waiting for this as soon as the schedule was released. Um, if anyone knows how to put, put up a defense to cope with fast wide receivers, it's Bill Belichick. And if anyone knows how to take Tidy Kill out of the game... It's Bill Belichick. And I have zero faith in Tua. None whatsoever. And oh, I think while the Patriots have not done anything flashy in offseason, um, I don't think they needed to because last year they were, what, 11-5? and five? And and now they've just, you know, Mac Jones had another full offseason uh, with Belichick whispering in his ear. And I know Belichick runs the defense. I get that. He's not the, the quarterback's coach. But I honestly believe the Patriots are going to absolutely stomp the Miami Dolphins this one. I've got them winning uh, 28-13. Patriots. Wow. Yeah, I do. I just, I just, I, I have been shocked by Bill Belichick too many times. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of being wrong and predicting that he's going to lose and he's going to lose huge. And he just turns it up again. And like both of you guys, well... More like you, Dave, not so much yourself, Jake. I've just I've, I've no faith in Tua. None. Mm -hmm. Because I've not seen a single throw yet in the NFL that he's made that makes me think he's a good uh, quarterback. Just I, I, nothing. I mean, and I don't care. If Tariq gets wide open 50 yards down the field, I don't think Tua can get it to him. 
I really don't. Well, so, um, sorry to, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, sorry to digress a little bit, but there was a video on Twitter recently that the, um, from the official NFL account uh, of Tua trying to hit targets. Now, he missed the two short ones of like t- sort of 10, 15, 20 yards, and then he went for a slightly deeper one. And he was celebrating when he hit the target, but he hit the feet of the target. So whether that counted or not, I'm not even sure. But they were celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl that he managed to hit one target in, in a throwing contest. <laughs> well, I think he's you the know quarterback. If if you had bars already as low as two as this, maybe hitting the feet of someone 40 yards downfield is, is a win. Uh, I I don't know. I just I, again, I could be wrong, but I've not seen a single thing from Tua that makes me think. He is the franchise quarterback of Miami. I've seen nothing no. that scares me at all uh, from Tua. So I, I don't buy it. I don't buy into the Dolphins' hype. And I think the Patriots are just going to crush them. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. I look to, to, to revisit in this next week when, when Tua throws <laughs> the 400 yards. <laughs> so, I think what we'll do is we'll actually make, I'll make a note of everyone's predictions. We'll look next week and see just how wrong some of us were. <laughs> I mean, the only 400 yards that Tua is going to go is when he gets carried off, stretchered off because he's been That's hit too many times. Well, we don't want to see that. I don't like. To see no, we don't. We don't want to see it. But he's got. He's, he'll be waving to the crowd Still at the same joke. time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. You. So a game that we've already covered, but we're going to cover it again because we do need our predictions. Baltimore Ravens at the New York Jets. Uh, who wants? To, uh, do you know what? I'll kick us off with this one. Ravens Jets. Uh, Ravens all the way. Sorry, Jets fans. Again. I, I don't think you've got hope. Um, I think with Joe Flacco quarterback, um, this just could be an absolute nightmare. And I've got the Ravens actually winning this one 45 to 3. Yikes. Yeah. That's a rough week one for the Jets. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Ravens are seven points favourites, and the over under is set at 44 and a half. So you'd be just yeah. about doing it with the Ravens alone. Pretty much. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see the Ravens running game with J.K. Dobbins. Not sure if he's going to start. Um, Gus Edwards on the pup. Um, I do think the Ravens are going to win. I do think they're going to win comfortably, but I don't think it's going to be that high score myself. I'll take um, a, a 20 to 13 score. That's very kind of you to the <sighs> Jets. You're being very kind. I'm of trying, trying that. to be nice to, to the teams. Nice. You know, try not to upset people. Like any Miami Dolphins fan probably turned off after uh, the they, assault they probably did. I don't know if if, uh, if Andrew or Murdo are listening to this one. They're just like off, not listening to him putting down my Dolphins. Um, Dave, what do you reckon, Ravens Jets? Well, don't you worry, Jake, because I'm here to bring it right back down now. Can I just point out to our listeners that before we do the show, we do not tell each other our predictions. So when I've got 45 points to three written down in front of me as well, Ian, we are rolling. Let's We're going to the nearest bookmaker and we are <laughs> going to be putting our money where our mouth is because I have 45 points to three. The Jets are just going to get annihilated by the Ravens, and I, I, I was, I was considering going for a complete shutout, forty-five to zero. But I thought, you know what? They will have one drive. Flacco will, well, probably won't be Flacco that will get them there. It might be the run game that will get them down there. But uh, yeah, forty-five points to three. Jets just going to get annihilated for the first couple of weeks. It's a, it's a, it's a poor show if you're a Jets fans, but unfortunately, I think that is going to be the reality for the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, now, moving on, next of the final afternoon game, gentlemen, 
was our upset of the week prediction, Jacksonville Jaguars, at the Washington Commanders. Jake, do you recall what we said about this game? I can't. Uh, yes, I, I predicted a 23-20 to 20 Jags win. Um, I mentioned, obviously, the, the Washington have Scary Terry and Jahan Dotson. I'm going to cause the Jags secondary some issues, so I think Washington will put up some points. Um, but as mentioned, the Jaguars, fourth youngest team in the NFL, getting players back from injury, um, spent a lot of money. Opposite to what I was saying about Mac Jones, they've put, or at least helped, um, Trevor Lawrence, um, who's coming off, I mean, I know it was last season, but his best game of his rookie year was the last season, which, you know, is probably a good time to do it. Um, so exciting things for Jags. Um, did also mention I expect them to miss a, a, an extra point and a field goal because we still don't really know who the kicker is. Um, <laughs> it's only three still, days to go. Only three days to go. I'm keeping my phone on, uh, well, off silent just in case I get the the, uh, the chance to play in the NFL one more time. You know, what one time you just you just never know with with their kicking situation and the the amount of bets we've had on it at this point. You know, I take nothing for granted. And why would you? Uh, yeah, I've got the Jaguars winning this as well in an upset. Actually, I had my score written down. I can't find it. Uh, yeah, I've got the Jaguars beating the, the Commanders in this one. I just, I don't, I don't trust Washington at all. And I think Jacksonville will have done enough, as you've said. You know, they put some nice, some nice pieces in there to work around Trevor Lawrence. He might get it going. Um, I mean, he might get it going early. So I've got the Jaguars over the Commanders. Uh, Dave, what do you reckon? Well, I've actually gone the other way. I think the Commanders are going to win this. It's going to be close, but I've I've got a slightly higher scoring uh, game than you two. I, I've got the, the Commanders winning by 28 points, 26, with the Jags missing two extra points. So, <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's just the kicking situation is that bad. I, I mean, they don't know who their kicker's going to be. We don't know who the kicker's going to be. I think the the Jacksonville kick the the uh, kick holder doesn't know who the kicker is going to be. So I mean I'm not holding out much hope, but I think Trevor Lawrence, like like we've already said, he's got a good few weapons. He's got Christian Kirk there um, on his ridiculous contract, but at the same time, I think it's going to be four touchdowns each way, and I think there's going to be two extra points missed. So twenty eight twenty six. There you are. So that's uh, Dave's gone with that one. We then move into the evening games, starting with the Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I've got this one as being a, a lower scoring affair than some people might think. Um, I've actually got the Chiefs winning this one by 27 to 21 over the Cardinals. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to take a full week to get into the swing of things before he starts laying out five touchdowns a game again. So uh, I've got a yeah, 27-21. I've got the Chiefs over the Cardinals. I'm waiting to see what, what Kyler Murray is. Uh, in, in this offense with his new contract. I already know what Patrick Mahomes is. Um, they could score much more than the 27 that I'm putting on there, but uh, that's what I've got. So, um, Dave, let's put it to you. Chiefs-Cardinals, what's your prediction? Well, I've gone for 27 points to 10 because I think Kyler Murray is a fraud. So, you know, not not say, necessarily saying that because of the divisional bias. But I um, what I've noticed as well, I think the over-under is about 53, Jake, if I'm not mistaken, about 53, 54. So the bookies have a high-scoring game, but I, I just I don't see the Cardinals getting enough points. I mean, Mahomes could throw three, four touchdowns, but uh, whether he's ready to do that with his sort of new offense and Tyreek Hill-less offense as well... Um, 
but yeah, I, I've, I've gone for a, a comfortable Chiefs win in the end. I just don't think the cards are going to come out firing. That's normally what the, the Cardinals do. I mean, we've, we spoke about them starting off hot and then falling down as the season goes. Now, Dave's quite right. They, they over under set at 53 and a half. Um, Chiefs are six-point favourites. I mean, um, no Hopkins for the first six games. I mean, they do just have, you know, they, they've secured their, their safety tandem, but I don't think it's going to be enough, even without Tyreek Hill. Um, I do expect the Chiefs to win. I think that's going to be more of a, sh- you know, a shootout to that than um, yourself, Dave. I think the Chiefs might win 38-30. to 30. Um, I think this is definitely one. I don't know if it is the Sky game for, for the 925s, uh, but I kind of hope it is because it should be. Actually, it'll, be, it'll definitely be Packers-Vikings, but um, this is one I'll definitely want to catch the highlights from because, like I say, I expect it to be a, a high-scoring affair. I think it is. It is the Packers-Vikings. Yeah, the, as soon as I saw that, I was like, it's no way. It's not going to be that. Yeah. Um, I think the the only difference I can the only main difference I can see between this year's Chiefs offense and last year's Chiefs offense, as you've mentioned, the tidy kill factor. Um, I think they might score slightly fewer points, but only because it's going to take them a little longer to get down the field. Uh, because I think the the only thing they're going to miss is the odd seventy yard play. Um, but I I've no doubt in my mind Patrick Mahomes will continue to drive them down the field to be in a position to score on virtually every single drive. Um, so I, I, I've i got the Chiefs. You know you know me, it's like, I, I'm a Broncos fan, but I've got the Chiefs winning the division, probably winning the, probably winning the FC and going to the Super Bowl again. So that's that's what I've got. So that's just Patrick Mahomes' factor, unfortunately. Uh, now you did mention the Packers-Vikings, and it is. Packers-Vikings is our next game that we're going to talk about. Who knows what's going to happen in this one? Now, every usually every um, week one of the NFL season, there's like a shock. You know, where one team just destroys another team that nobody saw coming. This is not going to be that game. Because I think the Packers are going to win this one. Um, I've, I, I've got it close, but I do have it as high-scoring a feel. I've got them winning this one. 34-31 Packers over the Vikings. I trust Kurt Cousins to make a few good plays. But ultimately, I think Aiden Rodgers uh, will continue to go. And I don't think he's going to miss Devontae Adams that much at all. Well, I think that the Packers are going to win in a really low-scoring game. I think it's going to be closer to the 14-point to 10 mark to the Packers. Because I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to miss Devontae Adams. He's got a couple weapons. And, of course, I have zero faith in Kirk Cousins. He's just, oh, he's The big plays, oh he goodness. doesn't make them. He has, he has consistency in being a good quarterback. But the Vikings are a run-first offense. And I think... They're just going to come up slightly short. I, I have no faith in the Vikings at all. Um, I, I think the Packers are going to get off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think they'll just come out on top. I was quite surprised to see that the Packers were only one and a half points favourites. Now, obviously, they've lost Devontae Adams, but it's a team that have won 13 games, you know, 13, 14 games the last couple of seasons have been, been pretty consistent with the back-to-back MVP. Um, it's it's one of those that, like uh, you were saying, in that definitely could be one of the week one shocks. Um, some people rate the Vikings much higher than myself. I, I do think the Packers are going to win. Uh, over unders at forty seven. I don't think it's going to be uh, the over. I will take the Packers winning seventeen to fourteen. I think it'll be a, a quiet game. I think it'll be a close game. 
Um, should be quite interesting going into the fourth quarter, but I just expect the MVP to, to make enough difference to, to help the Packers get off to a good start. Moving on to the next game, we have the New York Football Giants at the Tennessee Titans. So Jake, we'll put it to you first. What do you see in this game? I see the Titans running a lot and running straight over the, the New York Football Giants. I mean, the Titans are five and a half favorites over under 43 and a half. I think it'll be a quite convincing um, start to the season for them, 23 to 7. Um, and I just expect this one to not be one I need to really keep an eye on. Yeah, well, I've, I've uh, uh, apologies there, Dave. No, I, I was just going to say that. I, I don't think there's anything else I can add there. I, I, I think it's going to be a kind of 28 points to six for, uh, for the Titans. I just I have no faith in Daniel Jones whatsoever. So, yeah, complete walkover for the Titans. Yep, I've got. I can't argue with anything you guys have said. Uh, unfortunately for any Giants fans, I actually have this tagged as being a shutout, and I think the Titans are just going to twenty-seven to nothing. I've got them down. Daniel Jones will need to do something spectacular, or Saquon Barkley will need to literally carry this team in order for them to score any points. I just don't see it. I think Titans got really good defense, and as you've already said, Jake. They're just going to run the ball. They could end up with over 40 minutes of possession in this game. So I, I really don't see the Giants doing anything, unfortunately. Um, well, I think something we missed from the news that now that just reminded me with the Titans and their defense was Harold Landry. He was it his ACL that he did. Um, but I saw he's down for the year just after they've given him a, a big contract as well, um, which is, you know, if there's a time to get an injury as a player, um, it's after you got a big contract, you know, at least it's not before a big contract, but it's certainly going to hinder the, the Titans going forward. I don't think it's going to make too big of a difference against the team like a Giants. No, not in this game. Might affect them later on, but not in this game. Yeah. Um, so then we come to the final afternoon game on the Sunday. Uh, I say afternoon. For us, it's the evening, <laughs> which is the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, everyone is saying this is going to be an absolute... Uh, just a shootout of the, you know, grand proportions. Um, I'm in that camp. I think it's going to be as well. This could be a great game. And it pains me to say this. I think the Raiders are going to squeeze it. Um, I've got the Raiders winning this one 28 to 24. And uh, it could go much higher than that in the points. But I've got 28 24 to the Las Vegas Raiders away to the Chargers. Let's be honest here, it's basically a home game for the Raiders. And again, you know, sorry to any Chargers fans, but the Raiders playing in Los Angeles, it might as well be a home game. So I've got them winning this one 28-24. I think Derek Carr is going to have an immediate, immediate connection with Devontae Adams. And it's going to be really difficult to stop this team uh, pretty much all season. Uh, Dave, what's your opinion? Well, I'm going for another overtime win, but this time... I'm going to disagree with you because I think the Chargers are going to win it in overtime. So I've got it going to overtime at 30 points apiece with the the Chargers scoring a touchdown in overtime. So it will be 36 points to 30 at the end of the day. But I just, I, I, I can't, I think the Raiders have had a few too many hiccups recently. I think they'll cling on to the Chargers. I think the Chargers will make a mistake or two. But I think the Chargers will take it in overtime. I, I do think, even if it's not, it doesn't go to overtime, it's still going to be a close game. I've got the Chargers winning 28-27. to 27. I think it'll be a very tight-run game. 
I think the point you made about the, the home advantage or, or the lack of is, is a real shame for the Chargers. Not necessarily just against the Raiders in LA. It's just any Chargers game, it feels like for the last few years, at least, if not longer, that's the home field advantage for, for some teams is much more um, effective than it is for the Chargers, which with a, a an exciting team, with an exciting quarterback, is a bit of a shame. Um, but I don't see it hindering them a, enough to, to cost them this game. They are three points favorites. The over is at 52. Um, you know, it's just two very good teams. This is one that, um, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable uh, betting on. It's a shame that, I mean, the Packers-Vikings, you know, it's a, a great game, but I definitely will be doing my best to get any highlights uh, of this game here because it, sh- it should be a bomb burner. Yeah, now we're moving on to Sunday night football. And it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the regular season juggernauts, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now, I personally, I think the Cowboys will win this one. Um, I think that Dak Prescott is going to do Dak Prescott things, and Zeke Elliott is going to do Zeke Elliott things. And in the first few weeks of the regular season, the Cowboys offense is going to look absolutely unstoppable. Um, I also believe that Micah Parsons is just going to improve believe it or not from what he did last year and I think the Cowboys are just going to run away with this one I, I don't have it being a huge scoring affair uh, but I think it's going to be I've got it down as 24-17 to the Dallas Cowboys uh, at home against the Buccaneers what do we think of that one uh, Jake I'll put it to you I think this one is going to be uh, an absolute uh, classic for Sunday Night Football I think it's going to be a, a back and forth I have the books edging it slightly um, 34 to 27. Um, now the books had the most pass attempts, um, but also the fewest sacks, which is uh, very nice for them. But they have had O-line injuries. Uh, it's a, the most unique uh, and odd preseason from Tom Brady. You know, retired, MIA, back. Doesn't seem that happy. It's it's, a, it's an odd one. Um, but then, like you say, it, the the books are just a. Uh, uh, they're just consistent, uh, which is annoying. I just expect them to look like nothing's ever changed. For the Cowboys, I mean, offensively, they lost uh, Amara Cooper. They lost their, their other wide receiver, whose name escapes me. He's gone to the Jacks. If I'm the Bucks, you're just doubling C.D. Lamb every play, surely. Um, and then just keeping an eye on, on, on Schultz. I mean... I feel for Dak Prescott in terms of, I hope um, Zeke and Troy Pollard are going to have uh, a good day on, on, the, on the ground because if I'm the books, I'm just smothering CeeDee Lamb and saying someone else is going to have to beat us. I mean, neither team is stacked on the D-line, um, but no team sent more blitzes or, or, or five or more players than the books. I just think when I was looking at this game, as much as I want Dallas to win, which is a weird feeling, I just can't see anything but a books kind of win but i expect it to be a shootout i'm going for a 16 13 win for Oof. the cowboys Oof. yeah i i i think that uh there's like jake's just said about dark i don't think he's got a lot of weapons so i think it's going to be a field goal field goal field goal uh kind of game but it's going to be a really exciting low scoring game uh and i think that brady is going to back off a bit I, I i think if he gets one hit and i think he's going to think maybe i should have stayed retired i i i think it's going to be a low scoring game i think the cowboys will edge it uh 16 13 
There we go. That's uh, predictions for the Sunday games. There is only one game left to discuss, gentlemen. That is the Monday night game, and it's the Denver Broncos visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Dave, let's have you first on this one. Broncos, Seahawks, what do you reckon? You had to come to me first. Well, Of course I did. uh, Absolutely. I have this game down as 17 points to three to the Broncos. I, I think... Uh, Russ will have a few, uh, a few issues at first. You know, he's he's going to be a bit emotional going back to Seattle. He was there for so long, but I think Pete Carroll's just going to do Pete Carroll things, and they're going to get a couple touchdowns. They're going to get a field goal, and the Seahawks will get nothing but a field goal. So I'm going for a 17 points to three win for the Broncos, and yeah, haha, Pete Carroll. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to sort of uh, steal the the glory of getting the last word in here, Jake, so I'll go next to this one. Um, Personally, I think Seahawks will do nothing. And I'm not just saying that because I think their offense is going to be absolutely anemic. Um, I think the Broncos have done more than enough in the offseason to really shine through, despite the loss of Tim Patrick, which is still a bit of a gut punch, and the, the trading Shelby Harris no offense. I think the Broncos are going to absolutely romp this one. I've got the, my my head says thirty seven to three to the Broncos. My heart says my says. heart says seventy seven to nothing. <laughs> so that's what I. If you want to split the difference on that, <laughs> if you want to split the difference on that, that's fine. But uh, that—that's what I—I I, I can't see the Seahawks doing anything, uh, and I—I I hope they just get absolutely humiliated on Monday Night Football. That would just—that would be the best thing ever. I'd love that, Jake. I think uh, this is very similar to what I was saying about the the Rams and, and the Bills, and uh, you know, Vikings, Packers, Saints, Falcons. I mean the matchmakers at the, the NFL have done fantastic here, having Wilson return to Seattle week one. Um, I think this is a battle of two very good receiving corps as well with Judy and Sutton. Um, they just have a massive advantage that they have Russell Wilson, whereas Lockett and Metcalf have Geno Smith. Um, unlike the, the Chargers, Seattle have a huge home advantage normally. They're one of the teams that can rely on it. It's, it's just not going to be enough. I'm Excited to see, from a Broncos perspective, um, Chubb back from injury and a Randy Gregory debut uh, with Seattle having a, a rookie left tackle as well. I think Denver kind of coast to a, to a 24 to 10 win. I like it. I like it a lot. Fantastic. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. That is us covering all the games, all the predictions, making note of these scores. We'll see who's right next week. I think I might have that Seattle one. Correct. Just saying. I've got which that. one? The seventy-seven. To uh, the- I'll go for the seventy-seven <laughs> to nothing. I've got that one. That one right. Yes. I'll be doing my pre-game ritual. Do you guys? Do you guys have a pre-game ritual? Do you do uh, do anything? You know, it's week one. Yeah. Uh, well, for me tomorrow night, I'll just make sure I've stopped crying before kickoff. I think that that'll be my new ritual of just the nerves, and I'll just I'll start crying. I've not had the best sporting uh, last week. Um, obviously, I'm a Rangers fan. I wasn't going I mean, to mention that. Yeah, well, two four no victory uh, victories. victories. It definitely was. It absolutely was not two four no hammerings in the past four or five days. Um, Manchester City didn't go so well at the weekend either. It, it went okay yesterday, but at the same time, didn't go well at the weekend. The Rams have to pull it out for me. So as long as I stop crying 
<laughs> by kind of 1am, I'll be happy. Jake, do you have any My. sort of, uh, any, anything that you do to prepare for this week one NFL season? No, uh, my my heart does not bleed for you, Dave. You know, you, you support Man City, uh, very you know one of the best teams in the world. You support Rangers, who are one of the best teams in Scotland, and, and constantly in Europe, you know, back in Europe, and uh, a huge club. You don't know, and you support the, the LA Rams, the Super Bowl champions. I mean, you're not going to get any sympathy from me here. I mean. Uh, just no. When it comes to rituals, um, I've learnt my lesson with the Saints. If I don't watch the game, it normally goes really badly. Um, so I must watch the game. That of is course. about as as deep as the ritual needs to go. Last time I didn't watch the game, I was on a night out. It was against the Eagles in, in the playoffs. So um, that won't be happening again. I will be uh, tuned in. I will have red zone on, and then I will have a a dodgy stream to find uh, for the Saints, and then I'll cry when Red Zone spoils the fact that someone scored, and then I'll watch it on my stream a few minutes later. But oh. I'm just really excited to have football back. Um, and like I, said, I noted earlier, what a way to have it back, Bills against the Rams. I mean, that should be a corker, so oh. get us right into the mood. It, it, it is. Um, I will be wearing my Broncos top, and I'll have my Broncos cap on, and I'll have my, my Broncos sleeve, my, my thing that goes over my bottle of beer. And I only drink Coors Light when I'm watching the NFL. I don't drink anything else. If I don't drink Coors Light, uh, then the Broncos will lose. Now, I'm not saying that when I do drink it, they win every time, because obviously that's not the case. But if I don't drink it, they will lose. I know this for a fact. As I say, when, 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 when Phil Sims used to comment on the Broncos games, they lost. I'm just saying. So. Yeah, but when they do lose, do you just keep drinking? Of course, <laughs> yes. Through the pain. Through the Absolutely. Pain. Absolutely. I just look forward to I, I, my image, whether you do it or not, come Monday night, all I've got in my head is you in all your Broncos gear, in front of a mirror going, Broncos country, let's ride. That's right. Um, and if, if, you, if you aren't doing that, I'm disappointed in you. Oh, no, I, I've been seeing that quietly to myself for weeks now. I bet. I, I have. Bet. It's like every time I go past the mirror, it's like, Broncos country. Broncos country. That's right. <laughs> you, you got, you got yeah. to say it like that, you know. Broncos country. That's right. You got to try out a few different things. And Russell Wilson, God bless him, he tries out a few different things. I, um, as as you know, and as I've alluded to many, many times already, uh, when Russell Wilson played for the Seahawks, I despised him. Despised him so much. Because he played for the Seattle Seahawks. Now that he's a Broncos quarterback, I'm like, yeah, kind of on board of this. This this it happens a lot for me. Um, being a bitter football, you know, soccer fan, there's players that you hate because of where they are. Um, I, I think the best kind of one I have for this is, is Bill Belichick. You know, it's easy to hate Bill Belichick because it's Patriots, but you can't help but respect him. That's, uh, and that's true. Like, you know, similar similar with Russell Wilson. You, we don't like him because he played for the Seahawks. Um, he's a bit corny. He's a bit you know he's a bit a bit odd. Um, but you can't help but respect him. I mean, he's. He, he seems like a great character. He seems to, to not take himself too seriously or sometimes maybe too serious. Um, but you can't argue that he's a massive upgrade at quarterback for them. So, yeah. Broncos country. Let's, let's ride. Let's ride. Uh, come on, Dave. Give us your best Broncos country. Let's ride. Go for it. 
I, I am not going down to the depths. Uh, Steve, <laughs> come on, the, come on! The, 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 there is no let's ride. Uh, I, I oh, am just. Wow. I, 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 I will be cheering. Yeah, no, we cannot. Uh, I will. I will be cheering on the Broncos, obviously, because no one likes the Seahawks, and the only people that like the Seahawks are the Seahawks. Uh, I think that they're quite similar in the way that we don't like the Patriots, because the only people that like the Patriots are the Patriots. But I don't even think yeah. Seahawks fans like the Seahawks <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> not at the just, moment. Not after this. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But I, I think, but you know, big up the Broncos. Come on, get off that one and we'll start. Come on, Dave. Give us a let's ride. Do it. Let's let's ride. That'll do. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done, Dave. We'll Thank take you. what we can get. Yeah, that'll do. Right. Uh, so, gentlemen, we we we've running out of time, obviously, but we do have time for one final segment, and it is, of course, random stats. So, why don't I start us off this week with the random stats? Oh, go Let's it. do that. Um, my random stat. Um, consider a stat that's never happened. And I know that sounds weird. But it, this is a never ever. <laughs> so there's this. Never ever. Uh, and it's to do with the first game of the season. Bills at the Rams. Because when we had Glenn Milburn on, he predicted the Rams would win the Super Bowl over the Buffalo Bills. And quite a lot of people are predicting the Rams against the Bills in the Super Bowl. It's it's one of the the matchups that a lot of people think is going to happen. If it does happen, it will be the first time in the history of the Super Bowl that two teams have met in week one and then gone on to meet in the Super Bowl. It's never happened. Took me a while to research this. But it's it's true. It's never, ever happened. No two teams have ever met in week one and then gone on to play each other in the Super Bowl the same year. So uh, if it does happen, that'll be a first. And that's my random stat. Nice and short this week. Nice wow. and short. Well, I think I can segue into nice and short. Let's and, go. you know, that's, you know, mine out the goes. I, was, uh, I, was, I didn't. <laughs> I knew somebody would. I was expecting a snigger, but uh, I, I was. I was. I, so close. No, oh, no I. I muted myself. I had to mute myself there just for a second because I thought, no, PG, come on now. Uh, I'm oh. looking at the fewest miles travelled this season. Now, the NFL average um, this season is set at just over seventeen thousand. The the Steelers can probably just rent a coach. Uh, because they are only traveling 6,442 miles, which is the lowest by about 2,000. They, they've got a nice schedule. They're in a, a nice um, area and pocket of being around a lot of NFL teams now. Unsurprisingly, Seattle are the team that travels the furthest. Uh, they travel nearly 30,000 miles. Um, the Broncos are second at 27, or just over 27,000. Yeah. Followed by the Jacks and the Dolphins, just over 25,000. And the Saints, a smidgen under 25,000. So teams that are going to London, obviously, factor into this. Um, but obviously, like I say, the Seahawks, they're kind of top left. Um, and there's no surprise that the Steelers, who are, you know, top right, middle right, uh, surrounded by a lot of teams that are traveling the fewest, you know. What does this mean? I mean, we spoke about home field advantage um, when we were talking about the previews and we're going through the, the divisions, talk about games where teams have, you know, three games on the road, four games at home. You know, they have these runs. 
it can really affect the team. And, and the Seahawks already in a pretty dire situation have to travel 30,000 miles this season. Probably not going to help them. Yeah, I mean, you you do have teams that uh, like one week could be away to the New York Jets. And then the following week, they're at home. So let's say, for example, it's the, the 49ers. So the 49ers are playing in Santa Clara. They're away to the Jets. Then they're at home in San Francisco. And then they could be away to the Giants. And one of those and, probably a Thursday night game. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> a Monday night game followed by a Thursday night game or something ridiculous like that. Uh, and that's got to be tough on players. Jet lag's a thing. We all know this, and and we often forget being in the UK these distances that these players have to travel, because someone going from San Francisco to New York is like going from London to New York. It's a it's a long way. It's, uh, I'm not sure the, the exact distances, I don't have that in front of me, but it, it, it's basically the, the same. You know, you've still got your hours of time difference. You've got, what is that, a three, four hour time difference in the East Coast and the West Coast? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. A, yeah. You know, that's a lot. And if you're doing that three, four, five times in a season, in a, in a, a 17 week stretch, that's got to be tough. That's got to be tough. Compound that with the fact that, you know, one week you could be playing in Buffalo and then the next you could be playing in Miami. So you're going from sub-zero temperatures to uh, 40 degrees Celsius and 100% humidity. That's uh, That's got to be really tough on some of these teams. It's something I definitely factor in. And it's one of those, you know, like I say, you look at teams that go on, you know, momentum runs and things like that. It, it certainly pay, plays its part and. Like you say, a Sunday night game or a Sunday game to a Thursday game is bad enough. But like I say, if your your example is perfect, you know, you go from New York to to LA. That's that makes that, that even worse. And I'm sure if we looked through a fine tooth comb through the season, I'm sure there are teams that have it a lot worse than others. Excellent stat there, Jake. Uh, Dave, what's your random stat? So I want to take it back to the 70s and the 80s. Now, we've always obviously been a bit kind of hard on the Jets recently, but I want to big them up on one of their all-time scorers. So this man, he was a first-team All-Pro in 1978, but he also, he was a soccer All-American from 1970 to 1972, and he was the, the New York Jets kicker. Now, his career stats, he played in exactly 250 games, with a 71.4% field goal completion rate and a 95.5 percentage completion rate for extra points. Now, he scored in his time 1,470 points in, in his career. So he was at the Jets from 1974 until 1991. And that is Patrick Lee. Now, we've been we've been harsh on the Jets. We've also been harsh on kickers in the league quite recently, but particularly with the gambling of you two uh, between the poor Jaguars <laughs> kickers um, to just to kind of, you know, big up kickers a little bit here. But, uh, you know, so some of his key stats as well. Um, he made 26 of 34 field goals. Um, that led to the, the Jets having one of their best seasons of 11 and 5 uh, during that period. Um but yeah, 1,470 points, which is a huge amount of points in the league. He did last for, was it 18 years in the league? But big shout out to the kickers. Pat Lee, there you go, my man. That's for you, because obviously you're listening. One for the Jets and one for the one for the kickers. So we double-dunted you got going on there, Dave. I like <laughs> it. 
That's a nice start. So, uh, gentlemen, that basically wraps up our podcast. Unless there's anything that either of you would like to sort of jump in with before we finish. Whose house? Ram's house. (laughs) There we go. Waiting on getting it in. Yes, let's go. It's it's here, guys. The season is here. By the time this podcast comes out, um, the game will be tonight. Um, for all of those listening, be out on Thursday. So uh, I think the only thing left to say is uh, good luck to your Rams, Steve. Good yeah. luck to them because um, it's going to be a tough game against the Bills. Cracking game to open the season. Absolutely can't wait. We made it through an entire off season, gentlemen. Right, our very first uh, episode is just before the Super Bowl, and uh, here we are with just one day to go until the kickoff of the 2022 season. It's been an absolute blast, and I'm so glad we made it. So, um, from myself, Jake, and Dave, thank you to everyone for listening, and it's just time for me to say thank you, Jake. Thank you, as always. And thank you, Dave. Always a pleasure. And you can get us on Twitter, at the WinFL Show. You'll also get uh, myself, Jake, and Dave on Twitter as well. And, uh, you know, if you want to hit us up with any questions, queries, compliments, uh, concerns... <laughs> Feel free to do so. Criticisms, <laughs> just just be nice. No, n- no concern. No concern. Constructive, <laughs> constructive, constructive criticism. criticism. Constructive yeah. criticism. Uh, then Especially it, going into the season. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's all new to us, format-wise. It is. Um, we're just trying to do the best we can uh, with the podcast, and we we accept, you know, um, all the opinions of the people who listen. We appreciate all the comments. Uh, that we get and opinions from uh, people who listen it's great to think that we just started this uh, this year as i say the week before the super bowl we did our very first uh, episode of the win fl show and here we are i just i can't wait for it and just can't wait to see scott hansen on red zone on sunday so gentlemen it's been great thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch you on next week on the win fl show